podcast family and welcome back to caregiving is a ministry where we look at the word of god through the lens of caregiving don't forget to follow me on facebook at caregiving is a ministry all one word today we're looking at second thessalonians shouldn't be any shock to you and this is going to be a really quick episode but it's still going to be a meaty episode so reading second thessalonians we're going to look at chapter two verses 1 through 5, New American Standard Bible, and it reads, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, regarding the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together in him, that you not be quickly shaken from your composure or be disturbed either by a spirit or a message or a letter as if from us to the effect that the day of the Lord has come. No one is to deceive you in any way, for it will not come unless the apostasy comes first, and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the son of destruction, who opposes and exalts himself above every so-called god or object of worship, so that he takes his seat in the temple of God, displaying himself as being God. Do you not remember that while I... while while I was still with you, I was telling you these things. So, I think it's obvious why why Paul had to write the second letter. Remember, last episode we talked about why did he need to write the first letter? Because he gave clues to us in the letter itself, reminding them what they had been taught, that what they had been taught had come from God and not from mere men. And then to provide them instruction as to not be sexually immoral and to stop the bickering and, and all of that other stuff, reminding them of who they were in Christ. Now we have a second letter. So to me, it suggests that perhaps <laughs> they really weren't adhering to the first letter. But he specifically talks about, you know, people coming in trying to lead them away with false teaching. He doesn't say false um, prophets or anything, but that's kind of what I get when I from reading those verses that I just did. That there's no one there, don't allow people to deceive them and take them away, right? He talks about how there will be false prophets when he talks about the man of lawlessness and how he is going to sit at the temple of God as if he is God. And then he reminds them, remember I told you these things. So once again, they are getting persuaded or there's debate that's going back and forth that's causing them to I don't want to say scatter but that their faith is being shaken that's hindering them from continuing along the way remember which is what they were called before they were called Christians and we see that this is affecting them and that it causes conflict And so Paul is addressing this in this short letter. As you read the book, there are only three chapters, and you will see that Paul doesn't admonish them, but he continues to encourage them. He gently reminds them what they already know. And I think that's what is key in this little book, is that when you see people who are starting to (coughs) go astray, and it looks as if they've forgotten 
<laughs> what you've told them. This is great for parents, right? Rather than scolding them or admonishing them, right? Maybe you just need to remind them, hey, remember we talked about that. You're supposed to do X, Y, and Z. Remember we talked about why that isn't a good decision because of such and such. You know, that's what this letter is doing, which I think is amazing. To me, that shows really good leadership. And and Paul, and, and, and even though Thessalonians is toward the end of the new chapter, it doesn't mean that he wrote this particular letter before he wrote Romans or Corinthians. I'm sure I'll get to that in seminary, but I haven't gotten to that yet. <laughs> so we shouldn't say that, oh, he's a seasoned shepherd now because Thessalonians is toward the end of the Bible. But to me, this just shows how in tune he is with God and, and, and the caliber of man that Paul was, that he could pick up on this and know when to encourage and when to admonish. This, for this group of believers, he knew it was time to just gently remind them. So do not be swayed by anything that you see. That is what the paragraph speaks of, right? He wants them to stay focused, to remember what they've been taught. In the military, we train all the time, right? We train with everything we train so that when a crisis comes we're not left wondering what to do and because we train so much when something happens we just fall back on it as if second nature we don't have to ask it's ingrained in us and that is what I believe this letter Paul is um, reminding them remember what I told you Remember, go back to what I told you. Remember the instruction of what I've told you. Remember how I told you how to walk. Remember I told you there would be people who would look like this that you can ignore because they are not Christ. They ignore that. Remember this. And the more he reinforces it, the more it gets ingrained in them. So then they do not, they are not swayed by false prophets or teachers. For us... Our daily devotion does that. When you commit consistent time. Now, I do a daily. Now, granted, do I do it every day since I've been, I don't know, 30 years old? No, there are going to be some days where you miss. But the mindset is every day you spend time with God. And it can be different because I like to switch things up. But every day you're consistently learning who God is. You're learning his character. And then the Holy Spirit will convict you when you start to sway. Because you've been in his word, you'll realize, "Mm, that's not the character of God, so that that doesn't make much sense to me. Or I remember reading in the book that that behavior wasn't necessarily right, and now the Holy Spirit is convicting me. So the instruction that God provides us by way of the um, holy writers, Paul, Peter, James, is to remind us what, we, what we've been taught. It gets ingrained in us every day that we spend time with us. It gets ingrained every week when we go, you know, to church. It gets ingrained, hopefully, in the songs that you're, that you're singing that reinforce scripture. All of that is so that we won't be like the church in Thessalonica. So when false prophets come, we know God's word so well that we know that it is false. 
that's what this letter is about to the early believers in Thessalonica for them to remember the instruction that Paul provided them so that they would continue to walk in the way of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this short message reminding us of the importance of spending time with you and in your word. So important that we should commit to spending regular time with you, whether it's every day or maybe three times a week, but more than once a week, because we will encounter false doctrine. We will encounter rude and evil people. And as a people of of you, it's imperative that we know who you are so that we know how to respond in love to always allow your witness in us to shine forth. So help us, Father, this day, that even in the busyness of caring for our loved ones, that we set aside time for you. Understanding that when we set aside time for you, we're really set aside, set, set aside, we are set aside time for ourselves. Because as we grow in you, we become better caregivers. As we grow in you, we become better parents. As we grow in you, we become better siblings. We become better employees, better em- employers. We, You just help us all the way around. And so we don't want to come to you selfishly, but we know that that is a byproduct in spending time with you and being in your presence. So help us to do so, so that we can navigate this world and allow our lives to bring honor and glory to you. Thank you for this letter. Thank you for the leadership that you place in our lives, whether they be pastors or deacons or parents or other loved ones or friends, anyone that we can recognize that is providing instruction for us to help us become better. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for loving us. We thank you for not leaving us as we are, but consistently drawing us closer to you, challenging us to trust you a little bit more so that you can do all that you have destined for us to do. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, that is it for today. Now go and minister the act of caregiving in the name of Jesus. Bye.